1999 is with us. It's going to be the prelude to the biggest millennium celebration you have ever seen. It's June 7th, 1999 in Okeechobee County. Around 4.40 p.m., first responders receive a call that, at first, sounds like any other call. There was an accident and a man needed help. Paramedics and sheriff deputies arrive and see a man lying on the ground, surrounded by two other men. The man on the ground is named Brian Loudermilk, and he says he can't feel his legs. The two men next to Brian are his friends, Robert and Lewis. They tell deputies that they came over to Brian's house to visit, but found him lying on the ground, underneath the wheel of his SUV. The car's back tire was parked directly on Brian's abdomen. The keys were still in the ignition, and the car was running. The two ask Brian what happened, and he just says, I hurt all over. Lewis gets into the car and pulls forward, taking the vehicle's weight off of Brian. That's when things take a strange turn. They noticed Brian had been lying in a shallow ditch that appeared to be dug specifically so the car could roll over him. The ditch was 18 inches wide and one and a half feet deep. A piece of plywood and a pillow had been placed between the car's tire and Brian's body. What at first looked to be an accident now seems more like something that was planned. It looked like the car was intentionally parked on him. Brian tells paramedics that arrived that he was changing the oil when the car fell on him. And he keeps saying that he can't feel his legs. First responders wonder just how long that car had been on him. Brian becomes totally incoherent, unable to speak, and unable to communicate. He's taken by ambulance to the hospital. He dies a few hours later. Detectives check the car and find no evidence that the oil was in the process of being changed. But in the back of the trunk, they find a two by four with a metal plate in the shape of a foot on one end. And the words, my wooden Stephanie carved into it. So, what happened here? In the ensuing days, detectives will investigate Brian's death. And they'll discover a connection to a twisted, underground network of cruelty and torture that spans the country. We look into this death, and its connection to that underground network, in today's episode 
True Oki. So, what exactly happened that June afternoon in Northern Okeechobee? It's completely strange. I mean, put yourself in the shoes of the detective. You come upon a scene of a man lying in a ditch, specifically dug for him to lay in, being crushed to death by his own car. Was it an accident? Despite Brian's claim of an oil change gone wrong, there didn't appear to be any evidence to support that. So, murder? It didn't seem like Brian put up much of a fight if it was a murder. In fact, it would appear he even helped his murderers by lying down willingly in the ditch for the car to run him over. And not only that, he went on to cover up for his murderers by pretending to be changing the oil when he was asked about it. Was it a suicide? I couldn't think of a more improbable way for one to kill themselves. Slow, painful. Most suicides are quick, impulsive decisions. It seems highly unlikely. And he couldn't have done this alone. Someone had to park the car on him. So what happened? Brian's autopsy revealed that he had been underneath that car for a long time. His torso and upper pelvic area were completely crushed. Despite it being the middle of summer, Brian was suffering from hypothermia when he was found. When his two friends finally moved the car off of him, a buildup of toxins and lactic acid in the legs rushed through the rest of his body, sending him into shock. And, ultimately, killing him. And what about that odd 2x4 with a metal foot attached inside the car's trunk? The one with the words, My Wooden Stephanie carved on it. Stephanie, as it turns out, is the name of Brian's wife. Stephanie had actually been the one to call police that day in June. After finding Brian, Robert and Lewis knocked on the trailer that Brian lived in, telling Stephanie what had happened and asking her to call the police. Curiously, those who were on scene that day described Stephanie's demeanor as calm. You would think the news of your husband being found crushed underneath the car would come as a shock, but Stephanie didn't seem surprised. Detectives questioned her about what happened that afternoon and why she seemed so unsurprised about what had happened. Stephanie tells detectives that there's something you should know about Brian. 
she leads them to a bedroom, turns on the TV, inserts a videotape into the VCR, and hits play. The tape opens in a dark room with the camera pointing up through the floor. Some type of clear plexiglass is covering the hole in the floor. From just outside the frame, a figure dressed in ancient looking robes steps into view, looking down at the camera. The figure bends down and places something onto the plexiglass over the camera. A baby chick. Then, the robe figure slowly places its foot on top of the baby chick before stepping on it, crushing and killing it. Next, a small mouse is placed into frame and it's stepped on and crushed. A rabbit is placed onto the plexiglass and a foot comes down, crushing the life out of it. One by one, animals are placed onto the plexiglass and then stomped on and crushed. State Attorney Bernard Romero, who watched the videos, describes them as horrific. Over the next few days, investigators learned that Brian had a foot fetish, a sexual attraction to feet. And throughout his life, that foot fetish developed into a morbid obsession. Not only did he love feet, he wanted to feel himself being trampled by feet. Stephanie tells detectives that Brian would ask her to stand on him, to press her feet into his head and neck. That two by four with the metal foot, Brian would strap that to his chest and lean against a wall while he pleasured himself. This desire to be stepped on became more and more extreme. He would draw pictures of a giant woman stepping on and crushing small men. That fantasy grew into a dark compulsion of wanting to watch small animals being crushed. When he was younger and attending school in Okeechobee, Brian would superglue lizards on the floor next to his teacher's desk. That way he could see them step on and crush the lizard when they stood up. He would specifically do this if the teacher wore sandals that day. Kevin Vulcan, chair and professor of psychology at California State University, says the desire to see animals crushed to death may be explained in terms of sexual masochism, which is a feeling of sexual arousal or excitement resulting from receiving pain, suffering, or humiliation. Vulcan speculates that it's possible that masochists identify with the animals being tortured and killed, actually seeing themselves as the animal being crushed, thereby getting the rush of being crushed, 
but not actually dying themselves. Brian would not only film these videos of animals being crushed, but he would sell them as well. He placed advertisements in fetish magazines across the country, offering to mail copies of his VHS tapes to any other crush freaks. One of his advertisements read, quote, We offer videos, photos, and art of female feet in action. Crushing, trampling, sandals, heels, modeling, and more. He published an issue of a magazine called Foot Fetish Forum filled with drawings of feet trampling and crushing. Eventually, that desire to experience being crushed became so strong that Brian began experimenting with his car, digging a small pit, placing a small board and pillow over his abdomen, and having the car roll over him. It was as close as he could get to his dream of a giant goddess crushing him, and that's what led to his death. Detectives were flabbergasted. However they thought this investigation would go, this was definitely not it. Now, they had to figure out who helped Brian that afternoon in June. He couldn't have parked the car himself, so who was behind the wheel? In the crush videos seen by police, there were sometimes multiple robed women stepping on and crushing the animals. But the women had veils covering their faces. Police noticed a small tattoo near the ankle of one of the women, which helped them identify her as Brian's wife, Stephanie. Witnesses close to the couple indicated Stephanie was not exactly a willing participant in the crush videos, and more of a victim of Brian's off-kilter perversions and desires. Some witnesses indicated there was abuse. Was it possible she parked the car and then left it there as a way out of an abusive relationship? State Attorney Bernard Romero said Stephanie was not a suspect of murder, and he believed she was not behind the wheel. Romero said there were suspicions that one of the two men who claimed to find Brian were actually the ones who helped him get underneath the car, that they were drinking and then forgot to move the car until it was too late. But ultimately, there wasn't enough evidence for a homicide conviction. There was a conviction for animal cruelty. Stephanie received two years probation for her part in the crush videos. The 1999 crush case in Okeechobee occurred as the entire country was just learning of this new and bizarre fetish. The story grabbed national headlines across the world. It even made an appearance in the weekly world news, a supermarket tabloid known for stories about Bigfoot or other paranormal creatures. There, next to an article about aliens invading the White House, was a story from a small town called Okeechobee about a man crushed to death by his own morbid obsessions. Amid the rise of animal crush videos in the news, lawmakers in Washington called for stricter punishments for those who film and produce videos of animals being tortured. 
In December of 1999, only six months after Brian had died, President Bill Clinton signed a bill into law that would make selling videos depicting animal torture a federal crime. Nearly a decade after that bill was signed into law, the United States Supreme Court struck it down. In April 2010, the court, in an 8-1 decision, revoked the law, calling the depiction of Animal Cruelty Act, quote, unconstitutionally overbroad, end quote. With the law struck down, some worried that crush videos will start to spread again. And with more people having access to high-speed internet in 2010 compared to 1999, crushed fanatics could satisfy their desire with the click of a button. You've got mail. A local couple is accused of torturing animals and recording it all to make money. We want to warn you, though, the allegations are extremely graphic. A cruelty case that has legal experts and animal lovers shaking their heads. He filmed his girlfriend, Ashley Richards, sometimes masked, stabbing animals, including a puppy. Accused of torturing animals for some twisted sense of pleasure and videotaping. And, and so it's basically and torturing, animals, killing, and often stepping on with shoes and stilettos. Sales of crush videos grew in the wake of the Supreme Court's decision. According to the Humane Society, that year, one website alone had more than 700 crush videos for sale. The gruesome videos evolved from mice and rabbits and chicks to featuring women impaling cats and puppies. The internet helped the fetish go international. In the early 2010s, a couple in the Philippines was found guilty of animal welfare crimes and human trafficking for creating a series of gruesome crush videos. The couple took the videos in an even more horrifying direction by forcing children to participate. One video showed a 12-year-old girl stepping on and killing animals. The descriptions of these videos are some of the most disturbing things I've read. So I'm not going to repeat them here. Suffice it to say that they were horrific and inhuman. That couple was discovered by local authorities and sentenced to life in prison. Back in America, Congress began work on crafting another bill to replace the one struck down by the Supreme Court. The court worried that the original law was too broad in its definition of videos featuring animal torture saying that a video of a man fishing on vacation could fall under the 1999 law's definition. So, lawmakers got to work on writing a new, more defined law. This is Representative Bobby Scott of Virginia on the floor of the House of Representatives in July of 2010. In the late 1990s, Congress was made aware of a growing market of videotapes and still photographs depicting animals typically small animals, being slowly and sadistically crushed to death. These depictions were, are commonly referred to as crush videos. Much of the material features women inflicting torture with their bare feet or while wearing high heel shoes, 
and the depictions often appeal to people with a very specific sexual fetish. Here's California Representative Elton Gallagher during this same session. The FBI, the U.S. Department of Education, and the U.S. Department of Justice consider animal cruelty to be one of the early warning signs of potential violent youth. The Boston Strangler, the Unabomber, Jeffrey Dahmer, and Ted Bundy all tortured animals before they began to murder people. Everyone agrees that these disgusting videos must be stopped. Congress passed the Animal Crush Video Prohibition Act of 2010 in November. And President Barack Obama signed that bill into law. On that summer day back in 1999, Brian had accidentally lived out his darkest fantasy. He dreamed of being crushed by a giant, seeking this twisted mixture of annihilation and pleasure. For years, he longed to feel what the mice and rabbits he watched get crushed felt. And he ultimately felt it. His last attempt at satisfying his strange fetish ended up killing him. Doing research for this episode was probably the most uncomfortable I felt while doing one of these podcasts. Some of the descriptions, especially of the contents of the videos, was pretty sickening. One story about this I can recommend is an article from 2006 by a reporter named Julie Reichel. It's a total deep dive into the Okeechobee Crush case that I only scratched the surface of. I recommend checking it out at all if you're interested in learning more about the backstory. The reporter even finds other people who perform the same exact truck crushing ritual that Brian did and watches them while they do it and interviews them about it afterwards. It's totally strange. I recommend it. The title of the article is called Crush Me, Kill Me. With that, my name is Richard Marion and... This is True Oki.